Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 93 and it is Tuesday, October 10th, 2017. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always in the studio is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. How's everybody doing? Yes, indeed. The road to episode 100 continues tonight and we have a jam-packed docket, man, talking about... New York Comic Con highlights, as well as other geek news, man. This docket is looking real jacked, baby. It's looking real jacked. Yeah, it is. Like, I can't, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> there ain't no punchline with it. It just is. It is. It is for sure, man. And I see you got the Red Bull sponsorship on deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I don't know why I do this to myself. Every, I ask myself this question every week. But yeah, I worked Sunday night. Had a little bit of sleep, but when you were when you live on an intersection and you hear everything, you get less sleep than expected. So, um, and so yeah, then I worked from three to eight, then at ten to six, then eight to four today, and then now I'm here. So I'm like, I'm literally running on running on like one hour of sleep. Jesus, man, it's like you're killing yourself, but it doesn't make sense though. I got bills. <laughs> I know, but man, I mean, you gotta eat. Self-care is important, dude. You know, a man man cannot go without sleep for so long. You know. I know, I know. know, Yeah. I'm sleeping tonight. Word. That's what's up. Uh, So yeah, uh, lots of good stuff on the docket tonight. Um, Carl. No, you go. You go on ahead because I'm about to start sharing on various pages. So you can go ahead. What the hell you been up to? What the hell have I been up to? Well, first of all, don't sleep on the podcast, all right? Because I ain't going to wake your ass up. <laughs> Listen, I'm heavily relying on this right now. Right. Well, uh, what, I've, what I've been up to, uh, a few things. Uh, first off, I watched an excellent film. Uh, one of the, absolutely one of the best films of 2017. And it is, it is a sequel to Blade Runner. I have the uh, Blu-ray right here. And I watched Blade Runner 2049 uh, this past Friday. It just made its debut, and this film is uh, the sequel to the classic 1982 film directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, 2049 is directed by Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Villeneuve, rather, uh, he he directed uh, Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners, uh, Enemy, and Ansandi. And this film is phenomenal. This is an excellent sequel. In fact, it's even better than the first film. Uh, and uh, the the Blade, Blade Runner twenty forty nine it takes place uh, thirty thirty years after the original, and it's about uh, Ryan Gosling's character, this guy named Kay, who's an LAPD detective, and he becomes embroiled in this in, in this conspiratorial mystery, in which he eventually has to seek the help of Deckard, uh, who was play, who's played by Harrison Ford and who was the original protagonist in the first film. And uh, Blade Runner 2049 is phenomenal for several reasons. One is that this is this is every bit the ideal sequel in that it expands on all the themes, ideas, and concepts of the first film in a much more deeper and more meaningful way. I mean, you have you have themes of humanity and purpose, uh, corporate influence at a metaphysical level, uh, urban sprawl and decay, uh, the death of the natural world at the hands of the of a cybernetic one, and you you have all these heady themes at work. And and the film is two hours and forty five minutes long, but it doesn't feel that way at all. Like I was just enraptured from start to finish, and. 
Um, I, I can't really get into the details of the story without spoiling everything uh, because, you know, it, it is intrinsically linked to the first film. So the first film is required viewing because it does directly reference several characters and other uh and other elements of the storyline from the first film. I mean, you could watch 2049 and without necessarily having to watch the first film, but there's going to be a lot of context that might be missing. Um, but uh, this film is amazing. And one, and one of the big reasons is uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve's direction. I mean, he, he did such an excellent job uh, in, in bringing this world to life. And it helps that he's, he was, a, he was a lifelong fan of the original film. And, also, Roger Deakins, man, Roger Deakins is one of the greatest cinematographers of all time, and this is some some awesome work. And in fact, if he if Roger Deakins is a thirteen time Oscar nominee for cinematography, if he doesn't get an Oscar for this film, then he never will because the the the, the every, every shot in this film is just amazing. It's like every, you hear the phrase "every frame a painting." It's, it's very true in this film. Like literally every frame, every shot in the film, you could frame it up and put it on your wall. It looks that good. Like you have shots of like the, you know, the golden yellow, uh, ultra modern slick uh, architecture of the main antagonist uh, uh, offices. Uh, you have uh, the towering, uh, neon drenched, rain soaked uh, high rises of the LA, LA, uh, Los Angeles. Um, and and it's, it's, it just looks so amazing. Uh, and also the performances in this film are fantastic. And I think that uh, Ryan Gosling, he did such a, a great job with his character. And um, it, de- it definitely plays to his strengths as an actor. Uh, Harrison Ford, um, it's definitely one of the most emotional performances I've seen from Harrison Ford in quite some time. It's great to see Harrison Ford actually give a shit. You know, because, you know, he, he's done he's done many films, like especially in recent years where he's just there to just grumble his way through a pay to a paycheck. But not here. Here, his character, uh, Deckard, there's a lot more um, there's a lot more brimming underneath the surface. And also uh, Jared Leto, who plays the, the main antagonist, uh, Neander Wallace, who's like the uh, the successor to Tyrell, who's the uh, who was a former head of the Tyrell Corporation. Uh, Jared Leto has this. He has this interesting uh, performance where he plays this um, this this uh, CEO with this messianic complex, and he's blind. And it's what's interesting is that he like he he puts a, he installs this chip in his neck, and he has all these like floating drones around him, so he can see whatever's in front of him. And he talks in this really really high high pretentious manner. It's like it's like when you when you hear him speak, you can picture Oscar T Rex or Ben Carson. <laughs> you can picture a Ben Carson stance every time he speaks. He's he's a, he's like that. You know, he's he's like that, but he he played a very interesting character, and um, and man, like also the the score, the score by Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Wallfish, which definitely has a lot of callbacks to uh, uh Vangelis's uh synth synth uh, synth heavy score in the first film, a lot of lots of good lots of good elements there. Didn't Hans Zimmer do the Simpsons theme song? No, that was uh Danny Elfman. Yeah, Danny Elfman did the Simpsons. Hans Zimmer did something. I just can't think of it. Uh, he did uh, the Lion King score. Oh, okay. There yep. you go. And Gladiator, and right. many other films. Uh, but yeah, man, this is a this is a thinking man's a thinking person's science fiction film, and 
it's a film with a lot of uh, excellent concepts at work. And unfortunately, much like the first film, this film is not doing so hot in the box office. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's unfortunately, it's, it was made for a $150 million budget, but it's only grossed uh, $32 million stateside and $81 million worldwide. So a lot of people are sleeping on this film um, because it is slow-paced and it does take its time. And if you're looking for constant action run and gun like if, if you're if you're in the fast and furious popcorn munching mouth breathing audience this movie right, might not be go. this movie might not be for you but if you're looking for something unique and something that will make you will make you think and something that will make you want to you know uncover its mysteries uh, from 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 the opening credits to the, to the end credits then blade runner 2049 is one that i absolutely recommend as a matter of fact i will go so far as to say that this is my favorite film of the year so far it is. It's that. Beat Wonder Woman? Well, it beat Dunkirk. Dunkirk was my previous uh, favorite film of the year. And before that, it was Get Out. Uh, Wonder Woman is one of my favorites, but it was never like my top favorite. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's that good. Well, damn. Yeah. So definitely watch Blade Runner 2049. I give it my highest recommendation. And if you haven't seen the original Blade Runner, then there are multiple versions of that. I do recommend watching the 2007 Final Cut version because that's the uh, definitive version. And if you start watching the old Blade Runner film and you start hearing voiceover narration, that's the original theatrical cut. You don't want to watch that. So yeah, uh, absolute recommendation, Blade Runner 2049. Check it out. Do not sleep on this film. We need, we need, more, we, we need more substantive films in the Hollywood firmament. Uh, other thing I've been up to, um, uh, as per our bet that uh, that Carl and I made. Oh, I've been waiting for this one. Yes, um, I finished reading uh, "Black Privilege." Opportunity comes to those who create it, and this was written by Leonard McKelvey, uh, who goes by the name of uh, Charlie Magna Tago. Stop back! Stop back! And bougie, <laughs> say the man's name right. Well, Charlemagne the God. And uh, this this book, I gotta say, um, I was riveted from start to finish. It's actually for me, it was a fairly quick read, and I I got through it in in a weekend in a span of three days, and I really enjoyed this book a lot. And you know, for me, for me, I for a long time I I wasn't a fan of Charlemagne the God because I always th- thought of him to be a professional troll, someone who just talks shit to people uh, for a living. And someone who was just like generally disrespectful and ratchet as fuck, um, but but reading his but reading his story and also the the lessons that he imparts in this book, I actually got a much more complete picture of the man himself. And you know, I he's not he's definitely not a troll from what I see. He does talk a lot of shit, but um, I would say that compared to compared to Charlemagne now and in like recent years, then I I think he's like kind of tempered it just a little bit, just a little bit. But um, but the book itself, but the book itself is uh, fantastic. A lot, lots of excellent advice about um, being motivated and you know working towards uh, whatever it is that you want to work towards as far as goals and aspirations. Um, which which lesson stood out to you, stood out to you the most? One that's the, that's the, one, the, the one that stood out to me the most is uh, the chapter where he says, "Put the weed in the bag." bag. Yeah, that that really struck a chord with me. That's basically his way of saying that you know of being be in love with the process. Don't just fall in love with the result 
you know, because a lot, I think a lot of people, they look at, um, oh, they want to make millions, they want to make so much money, they want to make paper, and they kind of bypass or try to minimize the amount of hard work that's required to get to that mountaintop. And, you know, Charlamagne makes an excellent point that, you know, you know, your patience is a virtue. You got to, you know, be in love with every step of the process, even even if you have to grind for for free or next to nothing. You know, if it's something that you really enjoy and if it's something that that you can cultivate, then it is the the, the work, the doing is is more important. You know, the all the goals will eventually come to you. Oh, Edmund, Edmund just asked uh, how many Red Bulls have I had today? Literally, this is it. <laughs> well. I don't know, man. You might you might need a lot to get through this episode, <laughs> but um, uh, I also liked uh, the his uh, how he stresses the importance of reading. Um, I feel like Charlemagne's a big reader in this book. He said that uh, what's is, reading is important, especially reading different perspectives from that you might not otherwise you know you might not otherwise gravitate towards uh, like other voices to kind of expand your perceptions. Yeah, I well, his mother's a te- his mother was a teacher. Yep. So like he and he said that he grew up reading Judy Bloom books. Yeah, and I, when I read that, I, that kind of was like, what? I mean, sh- I would never connect Charlemagne with Judy Bloom anything, but never judge a book by its cover. In- indeed, indeed, and also, um, I was all I also uh, appreciated his uh his chapter which says fuck your dreams, <laughs> <laughs> which which he's not saying that you know uh he's not saying you know whatever you know, F whatever it is, whatever goal you want to work towards. That's not what he's saying. It's like what I call positive discouragement, where it's like there may be something that you want to work towards, but it might not be something that that's a good fit for you, or you might be working towards a goal for the wrong reasons, and that might not work out in the end. And you're kind of like, you know, blocking your own blessings, I suppose, towards where you where you really should be in life. Like, for example, he does go into detail about the whole uh, music soul child. You're trying to be a rapper. I t- yeah, I told you about that. And he was yeah. like, yeah, no, nah, we, we love music soul child, but we don't respect the hustle. Yeah, so... So good, good on him for you know talking music, music off the ledge, as it were. <laughs> um, and uh, you know it's a uh, it, it's it's an excellent book. And you know one of, and another lesson is about the whole we have 168 hours in a week, which which re- which really struck a chord. So anybody who says, "Oh, I ain't got no time," you know, I got this and this and this. We got we have time. I mean. Think about, I mean, yeah, we have work and responsibilities, but think about like the leisure time that you have, like playing video games. You can maybe cut that, cut the video games in half, and work towards, you know, grinding on whatever, whatever it is that you want to really want to grind towards. You know. So, yeah, uh, that was my favorite. That was my favorite one too. Yeah, I think I work so damn much and always like try to stay busy with DJing and this and mm-hmm. all the other other networking that I do. So, yeah, you know, it, I it and was, that's why I'm living off of Red Bulls. Oh yeah, you know we we do what we gotta, you know. I mean, this it was it was definitely an inspiring book, you know. It kind of you know made me more motivated to kind of keep on grinding on this podcast endeavor, you know, because you know you do what you do on on a social media end as well, which is which I really appreciate. Um, I do what I do like putting the dockets together and editing and all this, but yeah, it's uh it's it's an inspiring book black privilege uh pr- provocative title but as you read the book he'll explain he explains what he means by that uh, excellent book uh charlemagne the god uh went from a went from a thug ass goon to uh somebody who made it who's not a thug ass goon anymore <laughs> so good on him so yeah highly recommend this book check it out and uh lastly 
Um, I watched the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Okay. Um, quick rundown of this. Yeah, uh, just quick rundown. Yeah, quick rundown. Uh, best match of the night was Usos versus The New Day. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I have not seen a bad match between those two teams at all. No, that's right. They've had, they have such excellent so chemistry. Far, I will say, though, like between this one and the pre-show match from SummerSlam, we're neck and neck. As yeah. far as like my favorites, yeah, you know, I'm still trying to decide which one I like more. Actually, um, I don't know if you can. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put them both as like uh, favorite matches of the year nominees, and then I'll try to decide which one I like more. <laughs> Eddie says Shane is a sick fuck. And I love him. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's fast forward real quick to the main event: uh, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Uh, Shane McMahon he took another 20 foot elbow drop on the on the announce table. Uh, but Sami Zayn made the save. He saved his uh, former rival, Kevin Owens. Yeah, I'm so curious to see where that's going to go. Yeah. that's. I like, mean, hopefully they give Sami Zayn the push that he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because, you know, because he's been, he's been kind of like the Charlie Brown on the main roster. Somebody who's just never gotten a real break. Exactly. Yeah. And a heel Sami Zayn would be really, really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Something that we haven't seen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have to change his theme song because his theme song is like rather fun. It is. It's like just fun. You're like, you can't help but when you listen to it, you just smile. I know, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like a good gym music, too. I wouldn't say all that. I mean, like, I, when would, I wouldn't be motivated for well, when you're running on a treadmill or on an exercise bike. That doesn't bike. do it for me. Really? You know, actually, my treadmills, my cardio song is actually TJ Perkins' theme song. Okay, I could see that. Like just a high energy eight, you know, the high energy, the eight bit sound, like, mm-hmm. and it's pretty fast paced. Yep. Okay, I can see that. I literally have it on repeat for, like, for the duration that I'm on the treadmill. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, a really good theme song I recommend is a uh, uh, Shelton Benjamin and, and Chad Gable. That's dope. It is. That was literally theme. the first time I heard it. Like, I've actually paid attention and heard it. Mm-hmm. That's a dope ass song. It is. It really is. It's on Spotify too. Right, cool. Um also uh, the US title match, uh, Baron Corbin managed to win. He managed to beat AJ Styles and Ty Dillinger to become the new US champ. Oh, AJ did his AJ did his job by pushing Corbin. Yeah. That, yeah. that's how I'm looking at it. Oh yeah. Corbin definitely deserved that break. And uh and I will say that Ty Dillinger, he really stepped up. I mean, I'm I've always been a fan for so for so for those who are still sleeping on your boy Ty. Yo, don't sleep any longer. Your boy, your boy's on the come up. Give him some time. Give him some time. You know, we're gonna see probably see some good matches with him and Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Maybe he can get into that mix. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, real quick, uh, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal continues to make the WWE World Championship irrelevant <laughs> by uh, defeating Shinsuke Nakamura uh, twice. This is the second time in a row. I hate his move. The, the Colossus, that's a terrible finisher. It's like a Cobra Clutch, clutch Slam, but it looks so bad. It's, it looks so weak. Yeah. And he has beat, who's he, be, he beating since he's been, been champ? Uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, okay. He beat Orton for the belt with that. Yep. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura. Who is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think those, those are his only two opponents, really. Yeah, as far as I know. And, and mind you. Oh, yeah, it's it's awful. It's so bad. <laughs> it's like okay, I'll give I'll give him this. He's making a great heel because we hate him. 
No. He's generating enough heat to win. Okay, Adrian Price was right when he, when Admin A was on. Mm. He was like, he's generating enough heat to where like we do hate him when he can actually put somebody over. Mm-hmm. He just I, like his move just sucks, and I just don't think he should be in the title shot. Oh, absolutely. In the title yeah. picture, not just yet. Maybe some more, but yeah, Jinder one because the tour of India is in December yep, makes a right. lot of sense. You know, it makes sense on a business point. Mm. And but the ironic thing about that is that the Indian market doesn't really care for Jinder Mahal either. <laughs> That's I haven't heard anything to confirm or deny. Yeah. Um, so I'm literally like. Um, I'm I'm literally taking your word for it. People don't hate people don't hate on people are asleep. Yes, and that's the thing too. Like if you look at um uh, SmackDown attendance for all SmackDown shows and live events, they've it's gone down quite significantly. In fact, so much so that I, I, when I go on Twitter, I've seen fans that take pictures of the crowds from inside the arena and like the hard camera side. The side it's completely empty. They move. Yeah. yeah, it's like they purposely move everybody to the other side. Yep, and then they cut off the lights and put tarp over the seats to yeah. like mask the the emptiness. And part and a big part of that is because of Jinder Mahal. He's not compelling. Like people hate him be, not because he's an effective heel, but because he's simply awful and doesn't deserve to be there. <laughs> and 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 it makes me and it insults me that he has to, that he's being put over at Shinsuke Nakamura's expense. Yeah, that 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 I didn't like. There's also one major beef. That I do have with the Hell in a Cell pay per view. Yeah. Now, in the uh, it, they mentioned they only mentioned that it was the twentieth anniversary of Kane. Yeah. And Kane debuted on a Hell in a Cell. Yep. Now I've heard somewhere in the rumor mill that um, no Jennifer, he is not wearing a plaid shirt. Kudos. <laughs> Metroid all day. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I was saying, um, like Kane debuted like twenty years ago almost to the day. Yeah, he did. In the first Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. And then I was hearing rumors that, you know, well, we all know that he's running for um mayor of Knoxville, ten- Knoxville County. Okay. So he's been putting he's put wrestling on hold to focus on that. I would have figured like they would have done something with him. Kane has been a pretty relevant um, presence mm. in the WWE for the past twenty years. Yeah, he has. Been. I really felt like he should have deserved some. And if he was gonna announce his retirement, mm-hmm. that should have been a perfect moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like some type of acknowledgement. It didn't have to do with like, but they didn't have to do what they did for the Undertaker twenty five. Mm-hmm. But something yeah but they just said oh yeah 20 years ago kane debuted in a hell in a cell hmm. and that's it yeah it's like fun trivia that's all it was <laughs> no no yeah. he deserved more than that absolutely i mean kane like he's been so consistent since he since he debuted very consistent yeah he's certified hall of famer oh and, yeah and man like he could still go he could still go in the ring if he wanted to you know unlike your boy you he, know his his <laughs> Do we have to go? And I saw that fucking tweet, you asshole. Oh, w- which one? The it, it was about Shinsuke, but what? No, what? I forgot. But yeah, there was one that you. Yeah, there what? was one that you mentioned. I don't even. We don't. Even, I mean, think we should even have time to get. get to yeah, it. I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, I, I think I had like a little, uh, little dig. Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> you said you was gonna stop, me, bitch. I mean, I mean, 
I I I couldn't I couldn't resist. I was like, you know, you know what? It's been a while. I'll it should one. be a while. That's enough. That's enough. All right, fine. I'm trying to move on. I I, I know. I know you're still working through. You're still working through it. I know. I know you're still working through it. But um, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 leave it as is. You know. Oh oh yes yes I have the tweet here. Um, I said uh. Shane o- I put the, I put this on the Codex Prime Twitter. I said, uh, Shane O'Mac is the undertaker of off the top of the cell elbow drops. Zero and two, baby. <laughs> that, that I could pat myself on the back. That was a good one. That was a good one. Nobody laughing but you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, fuck y'all. But anyway. After, after this year reunion on Raw is extremely underwhelming for all the hype, it came off anticlimactic. Hmm. Well, well, with a cool moment. Oh, the shield reunion. Yeah, yeah. I thought I felt like there should have been a little more to it, a little more pop. pop what the hell happened to um Bo Dallas? I don't know. Maybe he's injured. He was like not there. I know. I don't know if he's injured or not. But hmm, that's and then throwing Braun into the match was yeah, pretty random. Very random. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of Raw, real quick, I will say. Thank you, Kalisto. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Kalisto, for rescuing the cruiserweight championship from that human trash can, Enzo Amore. How you doing? Rematch, rematch clause tonight. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I mean, to make let's, Enzo, hope, he, let's hope he loses because I'm gonna, I'm gunning for. Okay, it's October now. Yeah. Cedric Alexander. Yes. Champ by WrestleMania. Hmm. I agree. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody deserves that more. Deserves that more than him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like especially with his match, he still has that strength of that goodwill from his match with uh, Kota Ibushi from the Cruiserweight Classic. Still one of my favorite matches in recent history. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially like you know sometimes like I'll go back just to watch that ma- just that match and that moment after it, the please sign Cedric moment and Triple H comes out I'm like all right we'll do it. Yep. Mm. Oh yeah, that was really good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what I've been up to. It's my rundown. Uh, Carl. All right. Okay. Now I'm done. Ch- and you know, done with the, on the social media front for now. Mm-hmm. All right. So I held my end of the bargain mm-hmm. of our bet. Yep. So one of the Criterion movies that you um, that you chose for me to watch is. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1980 film Dressed, Dressed to Kill, directed by Brian De Palma. I was going to say, I knew it was Brian. Yep. By Brian De Palma. Okay, so it's, it's a 1980 film. It centers around um, the murder of a housewife played by Angie Dickinson and the investigation involving a young prostitute played by Nancy Allen and who, who witnessed the murder and um, the victim's son played by Keith Gordon. And the woman psychiatrist, who was played by a young Michael Caine. Yep. I just uh, I was like, I spent most of the time saying like, that's a young Michael Caine. Oh yeah, that really is a young Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. It, I was into it. Mm-hmm. It was a very okay film. I was into it. Also, and and also a skinny Dennis Franz. Yeah, that was pretty surreal. To I see. I remember Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue, which was like a. A 90s Law and Order knockoff. Yeah. With nudity. Was there nudity in it? Yeah. Hey, wow. Yeah. Yeah, on basic cable, no less. Yeah. <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah. 
But um, I'm not actually, yeah. There's a lot of nudity in this one, too. I was like, what the hell are you into, Vic? Damn. Well, it, it is technically an erotic thriller. Yeah. Tech, yeah, it was labeled like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it was it was interesting and a very engaging story. I I was engaged in it. Because, mm-hmm. and then there was an interesting twist. I don't want to spoil it just in case if anybody wants to go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. But it was a very, very interesting twist. I do recommend, I, I recommend y'all watch it. Okay. You know, check it out. Let me know what you think. Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Word. All right. Also, um, I've been getting back into my comic book grind. Um, still, I count, I count it. There's 137 hip hop covers. I got yeah. 62. Okay, so you're about a little, down. a little less than half. Um, yeah. So I'm working on it. Mm. But I've actually got into. This was actually a huge uh, recommendation from Reagan, who runs Rock Coco's around the corner. So thank you, Reagan. Mm-hmm. Son of Shaolin. Yes. Okay. I written by um I wrote it down somewhere. Written by Jay Long Jay Longino Longino. I'm probably saying it wrong. And the artist is Kanan White. Very great very dope art. Uh, you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen I've thumbed through the oh, okay. pages. Yeah. So um yeah, it centers a, it's like a kung it's a kung fu epic set in Harlem and it's and it follows a street artist, graffiti artist named Kyrie. And he learns that he's the last living descendant of a secret sect of Shaolin elders. Mm. So then when he learns that, he turns to uh, Master Fong, who trains him in the martial arts. And then in anticipation of an attack from Red Fist, who is a a relentless killer who has killed the previous... Well, he's already killed Kyrie's bloodline. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm not going to get more into it because I... Highly urge anybody to get one. I like you know. I always say like it's for the culture. Yep. This is it. This one is for the culture. If you loved Luke Cage, mm-hmm. this this is like the next Luke Cage. Oh, snap. Okay. I'm giving it that. So um, hmm. I urge you to get the trade paperback, even the single issues if there are any. Um, the forward was written by Aisha Tyler. She mm-hmm. is like a certified geek. Oh, she is. Yeah. She's 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 one of my uh lifelong uh bays, if you will. You're in your thirties. Stop saying bay. Listen, man, I mean, look, I've always had a crush on uh Aisha Tyler. You got a crush on her? I think she's very beautiful. Yeah. I ain't gonna call her bay. I'm too old for that. Listen, man, hey. Hey it is what it is. It's just a word. All right. But yeah, it's the comic is so good that already the film rights have been sold to Sony and Columbia hmm. with The Rock as the attached as the attached producer. Okay. All right. Dwayne Johnson making moves. I see. Yeah. Now is it any word if he's gonna star in it or just producing? From now? what I seen, I don't think I don't see any like I think he's just gonna be producing because I don't see him playing anybody in this so far. Mm. Like I've as I was reading it, of course, you know I I look far ahead. If I really like it, I look far ahead to see who can play who in a show or movie. So as the main character, Kyrie, I can actually see Augie Smith playing him. Okay. Hmm. Master, you know, Master Fong. I see Robin Shaw who played Liu Kang in the Mortal <laughs> Kombat movies. Okay, that's going. Back. I can see him. I can see him doing that. He's an actual martial artist. Mm-hmm. So like, I can yeah. And he's Asian, so I mean, I think he can. And yeah, I think he can actually fit that role in. As far as Red Fist, 
they may have to pick. They may have to pull a no name because he's a pretty like pretty jack dude. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, but I think those three can actually pull it off. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe Tessa Thompson as um, Luna, her um, um, Kyrie's love interest. Mm-hmm. So I can see that happening. All right, I see. Okay. Some interesting. Hopefully. This can get to the rock and they can stop making those moves and cut me a little check. I <laughs> made these recommendations. Yeah, trademark Codex Prime podcast. <laughs> On the podcast, this is me. No. I got bills. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I'm a co-host, man. I deserve no. I, I just I'm, I'm just looking for my cut. <laughs> I don't have a razor like they had in Drastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. right, and then um, I recently bought Madden. 18. No, Jesus. Anyways. <laughs> um, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm always, a, I'm always a Madden head. I've always been a Madden game. As a matter of fact, since like 2005, I want to say, mm. I've only missed one Madden. Oh, and that was last year's. Okay. But so, you know, I always get, I always get Madden. And um, so, you know, the game overall is, you know, very enjoyable. But then there's a new feature, which is called Long Shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Long Shot, it's basically like a telltale game hmm. where like all your decisions reflect on your scouting reports. And it follows an LFL, and it follows a prospect named Devin Wade, who was a former five-star high school quarterback mm-hmm. who was heading to the regional, con- the regional combine. But then he, ha- he comes, um, a lot of um, obstacles come his way. It's very yeah. dramatic. There's um you know some pretty good casting, actually like real actors casting. Um Herschel Ali plays Devin's father. Nice. Um J.R. Lemon plays Devin himself. Mm-hmm. Um and it also features Dan Marino and Chad Johnson. I haven't gotten that gotten that far yet. Shut up Edwin. So um <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really enjoying that. I've always been a failure Fan of the Telltale games anyway, you know, playing, currently playing the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Mm-hmm. And also, I finished the uh, Game of Thrones. I do plan on getting into the Walking Dead ones as well. Okay. Because I heard those were really good. And Batman. Mm. Yeah, I, I have played the first uh, Telltale Walking Dead game. Uh, yeah, chapter one or season one? Season one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they go by seasons. And, yep. And there's a season two they're working on for Game of Thrones too. Oh, nice. Nice. So, um... Yeah, I definitely urge everybody to go at least red box red box the game just to play the long shot. Okay. If you're not into it. If you're into if you're into Madden, just get it anyway. All right. And uh and from what you've seen with Madden eighteen, is it bogged down in like microtransactions? Like like you have like like it's kind of like where you have to where you're forced to like buy like to upgrade stats or whatever. No, no, they you automatically like down your download your rosters. Okay. Like they'll send you an alert saying like, oh your rosters, your officers, your rosters are uh, outdated. Mm-hmm. Please download the latest rosters. Okay. Or like latest roster update. Okay, and you download it two seconds and then you have all the up to date rosters. Oh, nice, cool, cool. So, that's it. That's nice. it for me. Awesome. Yeah. Um. And uh. And also, from what I hear, uh, with uh, Madden 18, the human a- ashtray, uh, Tom Brady's the cover cover player. Yep. So that yeah. code, that that curse should be hitting any minute now. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, from what I hear, the Patriots they've lost a couple games this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're three and two. 
three and two. Okay, well, hopefully the uh, the L column will increase, and it, and it will. Uh, um, unfortunately, I don't see the Cowboys being any better, but we'll see. We're going through some things right now. Yeah, what's what's your uh, what's your team's record? Two and three. Two and three. Wow. Dang. We almost had, we almost had it Sunday. Mm. Almost had it, but we just we scored that final touchdown just a little too early. And Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, I'm I gotta give props from props. God, I had to give him his props. He came off, and our defense is absolutely trash right now. Mm. So let's step it up. Yeah, that's true. True. I, I don't watch any games, so I'm only taking his word for it. And um, yeah, so yes, we've got a bunch of uh, news and items to get into. Uh, some some hot tidbits this hey, week. Hey, what's going on, Tara? Yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. Welcome to the show, Tara. Uh, first first item here, uh, Gore Verbinski. Uh, he's going to be directing the Gambit film, which is going to start Channing Tatum. I do not see Channing. I just don't. I just don't think he has Gambit. I think they just cast it. Hey, everybody, everybody loves Channing Tatum. Let's play. Hey, play Gambit. Well, you know, I think he's there. There could be some potential. I mean, Channing Tatum has stepped up his acting game considerably in in recent years. You know, I think he could pull it off. I mean, I'm trying to picture him pulling off the that Cajun accent. Exactly. I don't see it. Like honestly, you you want to know who I actually was okay with. Who? The guy who played him in the in the origins. Oh, Taylor Kitsch. He has he had more of the look. This but I don't know. I just think he could a little more co- a little more coaching. Mm-hmm. Put you know put better people around him. I think he would have been would have been better off. Well, me. I just don't see. I just don't see it in Shannon Tatum. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a little skeptical myself, but, but um, I the will. Fifth agreement: be skeptical, but listen. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that was a book recommended by Charlemagne. Oh, okay. Yeah. From our previous bet that you finagled on. Listen, I read a f- I read pages from you the book. You to read the book. I watched the I watched Tootsie. Right. Well, l- l- and you you were supposed to read the book. But what had happened was though. No, you no, 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 you you I'm giving you props on this one. You actually read it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I I'm giving you props on this one. We can move on. Okay, we 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 will move on. All Future right. Future bets, you know, you gotta you gotta see him through. Of, of course, of course, I'm a man of my word. That's what I do. You know, when, when my it's schedule not that first time. Well, yeah, because my schedule didn't permit it at the time. But uh, there's 168 hours. Listen, man, those 168 hours were dedicated to like work and, and, and like and like. There's uh, 168 hours a week. Um. Uh. Let's move on to the next. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next headline here. And uh, yes, uh, we mentioned The Rock earlier, and it has been confirmed. The Rock and Jason Statham's spinoff Fast and Furious film is in the works right now. Uh, it's going to be the Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw team-up flick, and that's scheduled for a July 26, 2019 release. And it will be written by Fast and Furious screenwriter uh, Chris Morgan. Uh, however, Fast and Furious 9, the next film in the main series, comes out to theaters April 10th, 2020. And in, in, in response to this, Tyrese was none too pleased about the uh, 
pushing back of part nine. And he posted this on his Twitter page where he says, quote, uh, congratulations, congratulations to The Rock and your brother-in-law, a.k.a. Seven Bucks producing partner Hiram Garcia, for making the Fast and Furious franchise about you. First family, right? Nah, it's about Team Dwayne. Three years. Will it be worth the wait? No Shaw, just Hobbs. Will this be another Baywatch? Unquote. Oh yeah, there's been some there's been some shade going on back and forth. I was I heard this story this morning on the Breakfast Club, and um, The Rock did reply. Mm. I just completely forgot what he said. Mm, okay, um, I know of it. It's on um, but it was on The Rock's Instagram because I know uh, Tank was asking for it. R&B singer Tank mm-hmm. was you know basically asking for a job, and there's been some tension between Tank and Tyrese. Mm. You know, even though they had that bomb ass TGT album, mm-hmm. but like. There's been some tension lately, so Tyrese had his two cents in that, and then it's yeah. been kind of it's like a little mess. It can be cleaned up. Okay. Yeah, this is a uh, so there's some trouble in paradise in the Fast and Furious front. Um, I will say that that a uh, uh, Luke Hobbs Deckard Shaw film does sound cool. They have great chemistry. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, why not? Um, but um, if 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 this is coming at the expense of the main series, then I can see why Tyrese is a bit, uh, you know. None too pleased about this, but um, I think he, I think everybody I think like a lot of a lot of the characters were supposed to get their own spinoffs. Like yeah. I I heard that him Tyrese's character and Ludacris's character would get a spinoff himself, which would be I think it would be a great action comedy between the two because I like their chemistry. Yeah, in fact, um, uh, they were gonna they were gonna work on that, but Tyrese actually turned it down just so he can to work on the next film in the in the series. But yeah, then, that's noble. That's noble of him. Yeah, but then that. But then he heard that you know, but the spinoff film with the Rock and Jason Statham. That's when he's like, "Oh, I turned out my spinoff, but you can't do yours." Yeah. Okay, now I can kind of understand Tyrese's. I I can understand Tyrese's argu- argument. Yeah. But then I can also see the Rock's too. He's you know sees an opportunity. True, and the Rock is the biggest name in the whole series, pretty much. Franchise Viagra. Yeah, he is. He, <laughs> he is. really is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we will be on the lookout uh, for those films. And I still got to add part eight to my collection uh, eventually. Uh, next headline here, uh, Eli Roth and Bruce Willis's Death Wish remake film has been delayed until March 2nd, 2018. Uh, it was originally scheduled for a release next month in November, but it was likely pushed back due to recent tragic events and our current political and cultural climate. So, for example, like the Las Vegas shooting and yeah. racism. And so the, uh, the the Death Wish remake, if you haven't seen the trailer, it's Bruce Willis. He plays an old white dude walking around in Chicago in a hoodie, gunning down black folk. That That's a, that's a trailer. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, they... Yeah. Put, yeah, just push it back till things calm down. Yeah. Poor taste, guys, man. Come on. No, I wouldn't say it's poor taste. I think it was just bad timing. A little bit of both. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I I would say that. I would yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Well, hopefully it'll go straight to Redbox. Uh, <laughs> other news here. Brett Ratner. Remember him? Uh, Brett Ratner uh, is going to be directing the Hugh Hefner biopic starring Jared Leto as Big Hef. Uh, Too soon. The dude just died. Yeah, 91 years old, but 
Uh, there's more to this story. Uh, Ratner actually had the rights to Hugh Hefner's life story since 2007, and he and he was working on the project on off and on when it was initially initially set up at Universal Pictures, and had Robert Downey Jr. star as Hugh Hefner. He, like he was going to be uh, actually cast in, in Brett Ratner's film his, for his idea at the time. Um, Hugh Hefner passed away uh, September 27th at the age of 91. Uh, pimping life, man. And currently, uh, there's an Amazon documentary series, which you can watch on Amazon Prime, called American Playboy, The Hugh Hefner Story, which is 10 episodes so far about the man and his life and his legacy. Um, yo, you know what? I got to say, Jared Leto, he's a, he's a, he's a very good actor, except, Joker notwithstanding. And um, I can see him playing Big Hef. I'm trying to picture it. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. would have been a good choice, too. Him, too. I, don't know, I just I, I can't see it as of right now. Hmm. Oh, you know what would have been a good Hugh Hefner? Michael Fassbender, like a young Hugh Hefner. I can kind of see that. That I can see. Yeah. That one I can see better more than Jared Leto. Yeah. Um. I, I Oh, what's this? Eddie says, "Only man on the planet that died with a smile on his face." Rest in peace. True. True. Yo, Big Hef, rest in peace, man. Yeah. I mean, like, the dude was an inspiration. And, you know, he wasn't just a, you know, more conservative prudish voices will call Hugh Hefner, oh, he was peddling smut. He was d- downgrading women. Nah, fall back. If you look at Hugh Hefner's story, this dude did a lot for civil rights and freedom of speech in this country more than most other people, all right? And there's actually, there's actually a really cool article you should you guys should read by written by Roger Ebert, which was uh, published back in October 2010. It's called Hugh Hefner has been good for us, which breaks down Hugh Hefner's legacy and you know the actual work that he did on the civil rights front. So, yo, you know what I gotta say? Um, hopefully someday, someday I can be I can live that Hugh Hefner lifestyle. You know. I don't even want to go to the mansion no more. You know, I still, I still on my bucket list. I still want to visit the grotto. But without Hef, I know, I know. Without Hef, it's not quite it's the same. It's not the same. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know, just, 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 just the experience. Just to say that, yo, I was there, man. Seeing all those Playboy bunnies, though. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, who knows? They probably left because he's gone. <laughs> Hey, I don't know. Maybe he maybe left them like a a really really good financial windfall. I don't know how his will was worked out, but yo, hey, that would be interesting to find out how that will is worked out. Yeah, <laughs> I know his daughter because his daughter his daughter was running the empire for like yeah probably like the last like twenty years. Yep, yep, she did. But yeah, um, big half man, yo, rest in peace, dog. An inspiration, not only among men, but among humans. All right. Anyway, uh, uh, some other news here. Uh, we're talking about Netflix in other news. Netflix is actually streaming, has an interesting deal. They're going to be streaming the next Shaft film. Yep. Yes. Uh, they're going to be streaming a new Shaft film two weeks after its theatrical release. And so in a, in a unique deal with New Line Cinema... Netflix will be providing more than half of the half of the thirty million dollar budget for for the upcoming Shaft reboot film in exchange for international rights and the ability to put the film on Netflix's streaming service outside of the U.S. two weeks after its theatrical release. And uh, the Shaft reboot will be directed by Tim Story, who directed Think Like a Man, and written by Kenya Barris, who was the creator of Black Blackish, 
and the co-writer of Girls Trip and the writer of The Game, a TV series on BET. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson will reprise his role from the 2000, 2000 film directed by John Singleton, and the reboot will also star Jesse, Jesse T. Usher, who was an Independence Day resurgence, as Shaft's son, a, a young FBI agent who has to work with his old man. And Richard Roundtree will also uh, come back for the Shaft reboot, at playing the grandfather of, uh, of, of Shaft Jr., or Shaft III. Um, I think this is kind of... That's interesting. It's, a di- it's different. It's different. Now I'm at, now I'm gonna go back and watch and I'm gonna watch some Shaft. Yeah, have you seen the original with Richard Roundtree? Long ago, long ago. Yeah, you know my dad caught it. Yeah, it's, um, it still holds up, and the soundtrack by Isaac Hayes, man, that's a classic right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen the 2000 with, Shaft in Africa with Johnny Pate though. That's a that's a b boy classic. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the the song. Uh, the song Shaft in oh, Africa. Okay. Um, Jay Z sampled it for "Show Me What You Got" off the King Come album. Oh, nice. Okay, I got you. I'll play. It. I'll play it for you. All right. Um, I I will say that this is, this is kind of unique in that like Netflix for Netflix to stream a theatrical release two weeks after its its debut in theaters. I think maybe that'll be the sign of things to come in like for future movie releases. Oh yeah, Netflix is already revolutionary as it is. So I mean, why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, so that's some interesting news on the Netflix front. Front um, in other Netflix news, and this might rank r- might ruffle some feathers. Uh, Netflix will be increasing their subscription price next month in November. Uh, beginning next month, Netflix will raise its price by ten percent from nine ninety nine to ten ninety nine a month. Um, also, the four K Ultra HD plans will rise seventeen percent from eleven ninety nine now to thirteen ninety nine a month. But the lowest cost plan of seven ninety nine a month will still remain as is. Um, this is due with, to uh, Netflix having over over fifty three million subscribers in the U S. alone, and Netflix is still trying to compete with uh, Amazon Prime, Hulu, YouTube, and to produce more original content. I don't think it's that bad. It's not. You know, it's, it's quite doable. Yeah. Yeah, so hey, if hey, more original content, hey, I'm I'm down for that. Other news, uh Michael B. Jordan, uh he will be executive producing and starring in a new superhero family drama for Netflix called Raising Dion, which will be about a single mom and her son who just so happens to have magical and supernatural abilities. Uh Netflix has ordered ten episodes of this series. I'll watch it. I that watch. that's a different that's a totally different that's something completely different. Yep, it is. I've I've never heard of any type. Like the the closest thing is what the Incredibles, the Fantastic Four, and stuff. So it's yeah. like it's a whole. It's a much more relatable because there are unfortunately there are a lot of single parents out there, mm-hmm. single moms raising you know sons and stuff. So yeah, that's a different. It's a different twi- different turn, and it's just it's it overall is different. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I dig it. Yeah, I'm, plus the, the the premise sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and from what I hear, I think there's also going to be like a little comic that's going to come out that might be a tie-in. Word. Hey. Yeah, so. Stepping my comic game up. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, also, uh, Sylvester Stallone, he's going to be directing and producing Creed 2. You better. Hey, Why I'm, not? I'm down Wait, for it. but then, I don't know. Ryan Coogler was dope. He was, yeah. So, it's like, can't they, like, share? <laughs> well... Hmm. Can they just co-direct? I mean, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he he is pretty good behind the camera too. No, yeah, I'm not doubting that. But like, I yeah, I don't. 
I, but I loved Creed so much. Oh, me too. Man. So yeah, you cried. I but, did. You do some push-ups. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would, I really would like to see Ryan Coogler and um, Sylvester Stallone like co-direct this one. Hmm. Maybe. 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 Or 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 have uh, or have Ryan Coogler direct and Stallone write the next Creed film. But either regardless, w- work together. I'm sure like they're both. You know, they're both creative. Oh yeah. They're both creative geniuses, so like, it, they both should be involved. Okay, I can see that. Or maybe at least like Kugel could be like a producer, kind of have some creative input in the next one. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Stallone, um, definitely another Stallone film I do recommend real quick: Copland. Quite underrated. Definitely watch Copland. It's with him, Robert De Niro, and Ray, Ray Liotta. All right. Yeah, came out in '96 or '97. And uh, lastly, we got two trailers that, that dropped recently. Uh, first of which uh, we were going to talk about last week, uh, but we didn't get to. Uh, the new Tomb Raider movie coming out next March. What do you think? Have you seen the trailer for that? I did. Yeah. What What would you think about that? It's all right. It's worth a shot. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, it stars Alicia Vikander, the Oscar winner from, from the Danish girl. Um, oh, it, do, it does look better than, than either of the Angelina Jolie films. That's for sure. They were good for its time. Uh, for its time. I'll agree, but the first film, like the story, really made no sense if you really took a look at it. I, have to, I would have to watch it again. It's like I watched, I literally watched, I literally watched those movies once. Yeah, and I'm like, it was cool. We got a Tomb Raider movie. Angelina Jolie looks, she looked like Laura Croft. Oh, absolutely. That time, Laura Croft. Yeah. PlayStation One graphics, Laura Croft. Mm-hmm. So. um yeah, like it was cool for it was cool for that time. So Alicia Vikander, I'm willing to give it a shot. Oh yeah, yeah, and it looks good. And plus, you know, you can't go wrong with Walton Goggins, great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I think he appears to play the villain, and I think this is based on the 2013 uh, reboot, uh, the video game which came off the PS3. Um, also, we have a new Justice League trailer which features Superman or Clark Kent rather. Okay, so. Well, there was there goes that spoiler. You know, that was a spoiler. Yeah, have you seen have you seen the new uh, Justice League trailer by any chance? I did. Yeah. Um, what do you think about like the tone that it's trying to set? It kind of it's trying to appear a little more humorous, a little more light. It's it's like it's trying to do. It's tra- they're trying to be. It's like they're trying to be what Suicide Squad tried to try to do. Kinda, um, or they're trying to be more. More like more the event, more like the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, and, and that like, and, and that, and that like tone wise, they're trying to like incorporate a little more jokes, a little more humor. Um, even though I don't know how much influence Joss Whedon has in uh, in this uh, upcoming film, or how much he directed or reshot, um, but for better or worse, it still has that Zack Zack Snyder, Snyder look. The, yeah, yeah, it's still dark. Yeah, it's still pretty dark. You got to turn a, turn a light on. Um, I'm pretty sure John Haponic will give it five stars because he's a resident resident DC apologist or DCEU apologist. Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, but I'll I'll give it a fair shot. It comes out November 17th, and we will talk about it uh, on the podcast when it drops. 
So yeah, that's all the uh, headlines uh, this week. And uh, right now we're going to get into the Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con 2017. Bunch of highlights to get into. I'm just letting you know right now, I was so bad. I had, we had plans of going, but then adult li- overrated adult life kicked in. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't grow up. It's yeah. a trap. Yeah, indeed. Um, I had no idea. Like we checked, the, we checked for tickets back in July, and it was already sold out. It was like two hundred thousand people there. Yeah, it was the largest turnout I believe in, in ever for the NYC. So yeah, we gotta buy tickets like for next year's now. <laughs> yeah, um, for two two hundred thousand people, I don't. I mean, that's that's a lot of like shoulder to shoulder traffic, though. Well, and plus, well, we got an email from somebody who was there, so we'll get. He'll explain, you know. He'll explain his um, his experience there. From yeah. what I from what I've seen, he looked like it was, from what I've seen on Instagram and stuff. He was just having a grand, just a grand time. I was um, looking at all the cosplays and mm. there was some real good ones. Yeah, I've seen a few. Um, seen a few few really good ones. Um, were there any that kind of st- stood out in your mind? Um, I really just can't remember. Right now, right yeah. now, because I looked at him like Friday, mm. so and then a lot, a lot we, you know, a lot happened. Not to mention, oh, shout out to Spock of Summer too. Yes, yes. Yeah, we went to we went to his uh, progression show at Aurora Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of energy. It was. It was a very high energy show. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, but now after a while, I'm just like, man, I'm too old for. No, I, I was ready. I was ready to go towards the end, but it was it was definitely fun, definitely worth it. Um, yep. Spocker, thanks for you know having us out. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to the next one. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, definitely. Lot, lots of good energy. Lots of good uh, good artists on there doing their thing. Yeah, all local artists too. Yep. Yeah, support local talent, y'all. You know, Rhode Island. Rhode Island don't sleep on Rhode Island. We're on the come up, baby. Exactly. Exactly. So go ahead. Yes. Uh, so yes, um, bunch of bunch of highlights from Comic Con. First of which has a, had a few trailers drop, beginning with uh, Marvel's Runaways series, which will be on Hulu. Um, this one is interesting. Uh, That's all I can say about it. It's interesting. I don't really know too much about the Runaways, so I'm mean, I'll well, you probably describe it in the on the docket. So go ahead. Yeah, the Runaways. It's uh it's based on the uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, an Adrian Alfana comic book series of the same name, which was first published in 2003. And uh, the trailer, which we saw, introduces us to six teenagers who discover that their parents are supervillains and they're members of the Pride. Um, and after witnessing some sort of like bizarre, violent ritual, uh, they're shocked at what they see, and these kids begin run away hence the title and they begin to contend with their own budding superpowers so they're trying to figure out how they can handle their own abilities as well as the fact that, the fact that their parents are villains so you kind of see who's going to fall on their side of the fence who's going to remain you know on the on the good side if you will and uh, it's a pretty interesting premise right there um it's coming out on hulu november 21st and yeah i, I gotta say it, it looks it looks good it looks interesting yeah is it is it tied into the mcu uh yes it is. Um it has to be cuz I know Hulu Hulu has a has a deal with ABC and I know ABC shows are are tied in the MCU. Yeah. So I think this one is a uh, is the same way, much like the Netflix series. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this Runaways. Um it looks like it has a bit of an edge, bit of a bit of some uh language, if you will. Yeah. Yep. So so yeah, we're going to see some some stuff. Um it does remind me of uh 
uh, The Gifted, which came out last week. I still have yet to see that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna sit down and watch it. Um, uh, I know another friend of mine recommended this, recommended this show, and um, I, I really want to see that as well as Legion. I still haven't seen an episode of that. I wanted to. I wanted to. I think something was wrong with my like computer at the time. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if um, I know Hulu has FX shows. I don't know if they have the first season of of um Legion yet. There's only one season, though. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Runaway. One way to find out. Yep. So Runaways is coming out. Um, looking forward to that. Also, another exhibit which came out was a uh, a new book by Andy Weir, who's the author of The Martian, which is a uh, which the 2015 movie with Matt Damon's based on. He has a he has a next he has a next book coming out called Artemis. And this sounded really interesting because Audible put together this exhibit for this Artemis novel, which is coming out next month. And uh, their their exhibit was called Museum of Artemis: Life on the Moon. And the, the and the whole exhibit was kind of like this like interactive like in universe type deal. And uh, the book Artemis uh, follows this uh, young woman named Jazz, uh, who runs a smuggling operation outside of the city on the moon. And when she's invited to take part in some sort of scheme, uh, she she suddenly finds herself in the in the midst of a vast conspiracy, and you know she's running for her life. And there's like a huge mystery in the in the middle, and uh, and the installation that they had at Comic Con, um, it's like um it's like it's like they brought the the world from that book to life, and this is actually the first instance, as far as I know, of of being of there being an interactive installation which is based on a novel. You've had like stuff based on comics, obviously, but based on a novel, this is, you know, the first time we've we've seen that. And um, what was cool is that they had um, the centerpiece of this installation was like the scale replica of the moon. And that, yeah, that's kind of all I saw. <laughs> yeah, it was like this uh, scale replica of the moon in which like 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 uh, the surface are like the are the basically high definition photographs taken from the the surface of the moon, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like uh, like pasted together like seamlessly all around like the scale uh, replica which kind of like represents like what the where the film takes where the where the book takes place I should say and uh, it's, it was like it was like 23 feet wide and it was been traveling around the world um, but a uh, New York Comic Con is like the first time it actually appeared here in the states and it was created by UK artist Luke Jerome or Luke Jerome and hey, hey this this actually this actually has me really intrigued I really do want to read that book now uh, Artemis. Um, I haven't read The Martian yet because uh, I do have the novel, but I also have the film that it's based off. Yeah. And uh, so you have the mo- you have the book, but you never read it. Right. Yeah. It's been. I, I've never gotten around to it. You ain't that damn busy. I looks. I know, but it's just that I've had other books that caught my interest even more at the uh, time. Trust me, I know. I'm still yeah. reading Ready. I'm still reading Ready Player One. Like I put that down and haven't read it in like a month. Yeah. And it's something I do want to I want to finish it, but it's like I want to make sure I finish it in time for the movie. But I do yeah. have like plenty of time. Yeah. Um I'm trying to get into Ready Player 1, but I don't know. It, it just feels like it's tr- trying way too hard for me. Like it's like it's the 80s. Don't you get it? Don't you love the 80s? That, that's what that's how the books coming off to me so far. Like it's uh, I can see I can see why you would say that. Yeah, it's like I've already I started it, so I gotta finish. I have to finish it. But the movie look, the trailer to the movie looks real good. Oh, absolutely! So yeah. it's like I wanna, you know, I wanna get, I wanna read the book just in, I wanna finish the book just in time because the movie comes out next year, I believe. Yep, I think next May. Okay, I still got some time. Yeah. Get a chapter a day in. Like, 
Oh yeah, that's 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 the way to do it. Yeah, I'm literally I got like ten chapters left. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, Artemis. Uh, the book comes out November thirteenth. Um, uh, written by Andy Weir. Um, de- I'll definitely check it out first. I will check out the Martian book, and uh, and you know, kind of go from there. Are they connected? Uh, and I don't I don't believe so. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, other trailers that have dropped. Uh, we got another series coming on Amazon Prime. It's uh, based on Philip K. Dick's uh, series called Electric Dreams. Um, have you seen the trailer for this one? I saw the trailer, but I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it looks cool, but I'm I don't have Am- I don't have Amazon Prime, so uh, yeah. Um, this is somebody lets me use their logins. Listen, man. You ain't gonna do it. I already know. <laughs> I mean, uh, Electric Dreams looks cool. It looks really cool. It's like an, an anthology series about, question, about questioning what is real. It's like a science fiction anthology series, which kind of looks similar to Black Mirror, which yeah. I've heard a lot of great things about. Um, yeah, yeah, often recommended that to us. Yeah, yep. And it's been in my Netflix queue for a while, so I'm, I'm, I'll get into that. I'll get to that soon enough. Um, and this one contains ten standalone episodes, and it's actually currently airing in the UK. So UK viewers get to have have a chance to have had a chance to see it. Um, I'm 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 liking I'm liking this format of more anthology shows coming out rather than just like where you can have just like simple stand- standalone episodes rather than just like a whole serial like whole season to follow of like a whole season 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 length storyline. Yeah, I I, I kind of dig that. I think I think that's starting to come back a little bit more. Um, Kind of makes me, kind of reminds me of like maybe traditional sitcoms. Kind of have the same deal. Yeah. Um, like Marlin, which I still haven't seen. I think the I think the season ended, so I think you can still catch it. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, what's another? That kind of reminds me. What's 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 another sitcom that I need to watch? Have you seen uh, Blackish? I caught an episode here or there. Yeah. But I never really like committed to it. Okay. Is you think it's worth checking out? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know, man. But the only thing that gives me pause is that's like it's a it's a twenty four episodes. So it's kind of a commitment per season. We committed to Game of Thrones. We, well, I gotta start. I have to start watching This Is Us. I heard I heard This Is Us is a real tearjerker. It's a lot of crying. I tried to fight it off, off but my friend, shout out to Jelena. She is like, listen, I watched seven seasons of Game of Thrones, and it's a cure for you. You gotta watch something for me. I'm like. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll 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 see. Um, this is us. I heard it sounds. I heard it's thoroughly depressing. It. That's right up your alley, then. Okay, I'll check it out then. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of crying. Yeah. Um, speaking of crying, how about that Pacific Rim Uprising trailer, son? It looked kind of dope. It, it looked dope. I I need to revisit the first one. Mm-hmm. But this one looks kind of dope. John Boyega's making moves. Oh yeah, yeah, your boy. He's been a lot. He is. Um, I've seen the first Pacific Rim, which I enjoyed. I thought it was a fun popcorn flick. Uh, that one was directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, he's uh, not doing this one, is he? No, uh, he's uh, this one. Uprising is directed by Stephen Denight, who's the creator of the Spartacus TV series. Show around for Daredevil season one. Okay, so it has yep. promise. Yeah. Um, and the film takes place ten years after the original, right. so looks like um, basically giant robots versus giant Alien. monsters. Yeah. And hey, what, there's not much more that could be said. I mean, if that doesn't sell you it, sell you on it, then nothing will, I suppose. Um, Very intriguing. 
It does. I mean, it, it does look enjoyable. I, I might just wait for the Blu-ray to come out and just like red box it. Because the first one was like a, a film that, you know, you enjoyed it, but you just watch it once and then it's like, you kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Um, but but uh, like I said, it, it, it does look exciting. John Boyega, he kind of looks like a young Denzel Washington. He he is making a lot of moves. Um, and interestingly about this, uh, Scott Eastwood, who's one of the stars of the film, uh, I, think, I think they had a panel of this uh, trailer for the film. Uh, Scott Eastwood has expressed interest in playing Wolverine. I've been way too invested I can, to Hugh Jackman's depictions, so it's going to take some convincing for me. I can see it. I can see it. Because Scott Eastwood, he does bear a strong resemblance to his dad, Clint, you know? Well, yeah, but it's just... And, and think about it. Like, Wolverine has been inspired by Clint Eastwood's, like, like early like, yeah, cowboy was in dirt. a lot of ways. So I can see it. Scott Eastwood could pull it off. Looks-wise, at least. I gotta look at. I gotta look at it. See, some some artists probably put it together. So yeah, but then it, I I could I can be convinced. I mean, I was ve- I wasn't too sure about Josh Brolin playing Cable, mm-hmm. and now I'm looking at like how he looks in the movie, and he looked that's dope. Yeah, he's a dope ass Cable. I'm like, you know what? I was proven wrong. Yeah, I, I've been convinced. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna rock it, you know. When when Deadpool two comes out, uh, when is Deadpool two coming out? You know, that's a good ass question. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure it's next year. Oh, yeah, I know it's next year. I don't know if it's like March or next summer. I, I'm I'll say next summer, the latest. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but yo, Scott Eastwood. I mean, I'll I'll put him as as one of the front runners for the next Wolverine. Although I will say that. It, it would have to be a complete reboot because it would be such such a slap in the face if they decided to continue the Wolverine character after Logan. Logan, yeah, yeah, that would be a slap in the face to to the Logan film, but make it make it a whole new thing. Um, so yeah, there's that. Also, another trailer that dropped uh, at Comic Con: Keanu Reeves' next sci-fi film, Replicas. Uh, this one's this one I'm very intrigued by. Uh, this one is uh, stars Keanu Reeves, who plays a, a neuroscientist whose wife and, th- and three kids are killed in a car crash. And with the help of his best friend, he actually brings them back to life by cloning their bodies and transferring their consciousnesses or consciousness in, into into their new bodies. And uh, and, it's, and basically comes off as kind of like a sci-fi thriller type deal, which raises a lot of like ethical questions. As far as like, uh, as far as like, when when should you let go of your loved ones when they pass on? Is it ethical to kind of transfer their consciousness to a new body and have them, you know, live again? Um, I'm 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 kind of intrigued by that. You know, maybe which kind of makes me wonder, like, would would you want would 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 there ever come a time in the future, perhaps in a distant future, where people can are able to transfer their consciousness to a new to a new body to kind of like cheat death if there will be a market for that possible listen anything is possible right now anything mm. is possible mm. right now yeah you know because because i've been thinking about that quite a bit like just the thought of like tr- like if 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 i if i were dying what would i want to transfer my consciousness into a new body and what would that be like and also i always say, I always say that if i die i'm just haunting everybody 
I mean, you could haunt somebody in like a new just body, like, because. like, like I, I'd be, I'd be like resurrected into like a, like a a robot spider body, and I can like terrorize people. That'd be awesome, man. Think about it. Or, or, or it can be like in like you can put my consciousness in like a new Iron Man suit or Ultron, and I can like fly around and like have a have a bunch of like clones of myself take over the world. I mean, can you ima- can you imagine how beautiful this world would be if twenty million people were just like Victor Amoyo? Hey, Brittany. Moving on. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, uh, fun, a fun fact about uh, replicas: a replicas was shot in Puerto Rico last year. So Keanu Reeves and New York Comic Con did announce that during the panel that they have uh, partnered to fundraise for hurricane relief uh, in that region. So I'm sure they would do better than just. Shooting paper, shooting rolls of paper towels into the crowd. I know, right? What a fucking moron that good dude was. Um, and and uh, replicas is scheduled for 2018. And also, uh, during the panel for replicas, uh, Keanu Reeves also revealed that he is trying to get Bill and Ted three off the ground. <laughs> He, he it's it's in the script it's in the script he has a script completed but he's trying to shop it around to get part three made, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna in part Bill and Ted three is currently called Bill and Ted Face the Music, and it's gonna feature Bill and Ted in their fifties, with with wives with wives and kids trying to regain that youthful spark just one more, one more time. time. <laughs> that could... let that movie die. <laughs> Have you seen the original Bill and Ted films? A long time ago. I remember they even had a cartoon. I, I remember the cartoon for sure. And I, I remember Bill and Ted's... Everything was made into a cartoon back in the day. Yeah. Even like the R-rated films like RoboCop. <laughs> that was made yeah. out. Um, I remember the Bill and Ted's excellent serial. Okay, I remember that. I never had it, but I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. And like the... I think they traveled in like a phone booth, I believe. Yeah. And like... It actually came like a with a mini the toy. MC Hammer cartoon with the talking shoes. There was an MC Hammer cartoon? You don't remember the MC Hammer cartoon? Nah. I didn't know he had a cartoon. Wow. Yeah, he had yeah, he had a cartoon where it's like he was just, I think he was just regular ass Stanley. Then he'll put on his magic talking dancing shoes and kind of like fight crime or whatever. <laughs> what it the was hell? so weird. It was so weird. Oh, somebody it's gotta be on YouTube. I'm gonna look that up. MC yeah, Hammer please cartoon. do it. All right. Cool. Um, hey, you know what? I'm looking. Hey, yeah, I'll, save the rec center hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, oh man! Yeah. So uh, yeah, Bill and Ted Three, man, rock on, dudes. Um, also a real quick headline here: uh, Netflix was originally going to show the Punisher uh, preview, the premiere, but due to the Las Vegas uh, sh- mass shooting last Sunday, uh, Marvel wi- Netflix wisely uh, canceled that preview. As much as I was, as much as I was looking forward to the Punisher, I I understand. Yeah, it was the right call for you know for sensitivity yeah. reasons, um, but speculation says that the net, that the Punisher will still have its premiere uh, next month. So I'm still looking forward to it. I mean, John Bernthal is a scary ass Frank Castle. He he's nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah. Just well, the only problem is that he's short. Yeah, he's short, but it doesn't really matter when you're pretty much armed to the gills. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, next one. Uh another another headline here, uh, by Scott Snyder, uh a well noted uh DC writer. 
Uh, Scott Snyder teases his next Batman project called Batman Last Night with a K. Uh, Snyder is teaming it with artist Sean Gordon Murphy on what will potentially be uh, Snyder's last Batman story. Uh, last Night will take place in a dystopian future version of Gotham City where, where a strangely youthful Batman awakens after a long sleep to find Gotham City in ruins and a talking Joker head attached to his belt. And Snyder compared the the last night to the classic manga series Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh, no release date has been announced. A talking Joker head. That's gonna be too strange for me. Maybe I'll watch it. Wait, was it gonna be a, com- is it a yes, comic? Yes, yes, it's a comic. Yeah, I'll leave that to you. You know what? It kind of that that premise kind of reminds me a little bit of Batman Arkham Knight. I don't know if you've played the game. I played a little bit of it because my client plays it and he needed me to like do something in the game for him. I'm like, I don't play. I never played this game. Man, he's he don't listen. Uh, so I was like, all right, all right, all right. Shut up. And just kind of, yeah, I talked <laughs> to my client so bad. So some right. of them. Some of them. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure one of my bosses just heard that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of reminds me a little of Arkham Knight where... Uh, in in that game, uh, he hallucinates the Joker everywhere he goes. Like the Joker's in his head, and he's like talking smack about Batman. And uh, this this Joker head thing kind of kind of reminds me of that. If they're gonna have that same dynamic, yeah. Kyle just asked, have any, have any of us seen Inhumans? I saw it on IMAX. It has potential. I haven't started. I haven't watched it on a Friday night yet because um, it's a Friday night. I try to like get out the house. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you looking <laughs> for? I get out the house. Now you do. I've always gotten out of the house. Rarely. But anyways, um, I I need to see more of the show. Like the first, the first few episodes that I watched on, on IMAX, it was art. They were okay. But I mean, it can possibly grow on me, just like Agents of Shield did. So just I give, I'm gonna give it a little more time. All right. All right. I mean, because I know that um, Inhumans has been kind of raked through the coals. But then I hear, but then I hear some people that I've I've heard a lot of bad reviews. But then I heard some good reviews. A lot, a lot of people did say that they had potential. Yeah, it, it might. Um, I'll. Well, then again, like I haven't watched Agents of Shield, so Agents of Shield is fun. Like it does. It's it. It grows on you after a while. Mm-hmm. But it's still a pretty fun show. Hmm. All right. Damn. Like I'm, I'm looking at the uh, uh, Rotten Tomato score of Inhumans, and so Zero. far it's received an eight percent. Eight. Eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so it grew since it went on. <laughs> okay, well, it grew. It grew since <laughs> it, since it came out on IMAX. Oh, little growth is better than no growth. No I growth. Suppose. Exactly. All right. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, so moving on here, and uh, this one, uh, this one, the, the widely popular uh, series that will never die, uh, The Walking Dead is going to be crossing over with Fear, The Walking Dead. Uh, series creator Robert Kirkman announced uh, that the crossover uh, will be will be going down, and he states that one character from one of the series will be uh, featured in the other, although he didn't say who and where. I'm not surprised. Now, uh, now I understand. Fear the Walking Dead is a prequel series, right? Yeah. So, 
I don't know if it's going to be like either one of the current characters will appear in that one as a flashback or if one of the past prequel characters will appear as like a new face in the current series. Um, let's see. I haven't watched Fear of the Walking Dead. I, yeah. I, I wasn't fond of like the first few episodes. So I just, I never really got a chance to like really start to really watch it. Mm. People do watch it. Yeah, they, I mean, it does have its fans. Uh, it, it hasn't caught my interest because, like I said, it's a it's a prequel, so it's not really moving the story forward. It's not showing us what we haven't seen. Like, yeah, the world went to crap. I mean, and zombies are everywhere. I mean, yeah. you don't really need a prequel sequel to to elaborate on that. Um, but with The Walking Dead, uh, season eight uh, premieres Sunday, October twenty second, and it will be the series one hundredth episode. Damn. 100 episodes man um now question about question about the walking dead uh who do you prefer as the villain buy or sell um the governor or negan i like them both i really do um there's something there's something i like about both of them like the like the governor was like very sadistic Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, kind of mentally tapped. Yeah. Whereas like Negan, he knows what he's doing, but it's like his character, that little smart that little smart ass, that evil persona. But yeah, he still thinks like he's well. No matter what, you always think you're a good guy, whether you're a bad guy or not. Mm-hmm. So it's like he still, you know, but he still really thinks believes that he's the good guy, and he's like on that power trip. Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, I'm kind of I'm, but I'm known to be on the fence with both. Well, if you really had to choose one, if if I was if I had if I held Lucille to your head and you said you had to pick one, who would you, who would you go with? I probably I probably would go with the governor. Governor, okay, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll also go with the governor as well because I think he's just way more interesting, and like. And plus, like he's kind of sympathetic because he has a his daughter. Yeah, his daughter. And stuff. But yeah, we don't really, we really don't have much of a backstory about Negan. Yeah, but being who, being the type of character he is, I mean, there's really even with a backstory, I don't think there's anything to him. Like he's he's just an he's just a, he's just a violent asshole. That's it. And like, but there's got to be a there's got to be a reason that drove him to that point. Yeah, but I have some, I have some curiosity. I know you're not a fan of backstories and prequels, but like no backstories are fine, like like within the within a story. But prequels, eh. yeah, I, I I I am curious is I am curious about a Negan backstory. I think if I had a, a Negan backstory, I can probably appreciate Negan more. Hmm. All right, that's fair. I mean, he was pretty impactful from when you know when he killed Glenn and stuff, and yeah. And plus, I I like Negan's man- mannerisms. Yeah, I like mean, certain things that like he just say, like I just put my dick in your mouth and you thank me for it. I'm like, you're such a fucking asshole. Yeah, but that was very well said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan Morgan did, does an excellent job. Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, but. I think I think I think with Negan, it's like the. Edmund Eddie just said he was a car salesman and led a boring life. Read the comics. Yeah, I'm behind on the comics. I started, and I'm still when Carl got his eye shot out. Mm. Um, 
like with with Negan, I think like for him, it's like the the Piscatello problem. Piscatello from Orange is the New Black, yeah. where he's so sadistic that even with the backstory revealed as to show as to show how what what Piscatello was like, yeah, you still you still didn't feel sorry for him when he died. So, so really, I think I mean, the Saints Piscatello is still no. You, you remember the the season finale of Orange is the New Black season? He five? did die. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like even then, I was like, "Good, fuck that guy." <laughs> same thing is gonna happen with Negan. Like if he ever meets the same fate, because like, as, as excellent as Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in the role, as a as a character, there's nothing to Negan. He's completely one dimensional. There's probably more to it that we don't see in the show. That's in the comics. Mm-hmm. Remember, they can just do whatever they hell, what the hell they want in the comics. Yeah. TV, you have some restrictions. Yeah. So I mean, I think if I had more if I had more of that like the governor was actually worse in the comics. Oh really? Yeah. Man. That I... like he Yeah, like there's something like he raped Michonne. Oh shit. Brutally. Damn, Governor didn't do that in the T V series. He can't do that in the T V series. I mean you could. I mean Game of Thrones does, but not on AMC. Okay, HBO is one thing. Yeah, AMC is another. Uh, that's true. Yeah, people will be people will get their you know all in an uproar. But so it's like, yeah, yeah. If I if I knew more about Negan in the comics, then I can probably establish a much better opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, mean, I eventually watch him. Okay, I got you. Read him. I mean, yeah. Um. So yeah, with uh. Episode 100 coming out. I will have to sit down and watch the season finale from from season seven. It is on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. So they yeah they. Post- I'm already caught up. Yeah. So I'll just so just to, just to get up to get up to speed. But season seven kind of left me a little cold. He was an asshole in the comics. Happened. Yeah. Um. Some other uh Batman news. There's going to be a Batman anime film coming out next uh next year. It's called Batman Ninja. And uh, it's going to be directed by Junpei Mizuzaki, who directed who directed uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, with character designs by Takashi Okazaki, who did the character designs for Afro Samurai. So some awesome artwork there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the film is uh, going to be on Blu-ray and DVD, and it sees Batman who's sent back in time uh, during medieval era Japan. So Batman and ninjas. Why not? Yeah, we've seen it when Batman Begins, but Batman Traveling Back in Time. That was on the other night, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, awesome film. Um, still still one of the best Batman films out there. Um, Batman Dark Begins. Knight. The Dark Knight is dark. Like, Dark Knight is number <laughs> one, Dark Knight Rises, then Batman Begins. But uh, That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I would, I would agree. I would agree. Yep. And uh, also another animated Batman film is scheduled for next year as an adaptation of the graphic novel Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which shows eight, which shows Batman in like the Victorian era eighteen hundreds. And I, I read a I read a few pages from that. It looks really really cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, for all you nostalgia fans out there, yay! That's me. Uh, hey Arnold, the the, the Jungle Movie. So uh, this is coming out November 24th, 2017, and this new Hey Arnold movie will answer the question of what happened to Arnold's parents when, when they disappeared at the end of the series. Uh, I'll, check, I'll check it out because I was, I, was hey I was a Hey Arnold head back, back in the day as a kid. My yeah. mother liked Hey Arnold. I did too. You know, I watched, I watched a few episodes here and there. Um, uh, Stoop Kid. 
Stoop kids he afraid to leave his stoop. stoop. No, he's gonna leave his stoop. Oh. That's why the chant goes. They're like, oh my god, he's actually gonna leave it? Did he ever leave his stoop? Yeah, he did that episode. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was hard for him to do it, but he did it. Hmm. Um, the, the show originally... My question about that is, r- yeah. real quick, I don't mean to interrupt, but... Yeah. Okay. Stoop kid never left the stoop. Mm-hmm. How did he eat? I'm pretty sure, like, he went back... I would hope life. so. <laughs> yeah. Like, because he never... He was always on the stoop. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, when... I'm pretty sure, like, he went inside to get a bite to eat, take I a would, dump. I would... Okay, I would hope so. Yeah. Take a dump, then come back outside and just chill. Well, they couldn't show that back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The Hey Arnold originally ran on Nickelodeon from 1996 to 2004. Had a really good run with Hey Arnold the movie, released in 2002. Um, question about Hey Arnold: Did 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 Arnold and Helga ever hook up? Nope. No. It was just still like a crush. Like yeah. like Helga had a crush on Arnold. Right, and Arnold had no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. To my knowledge. Mm. Yeah. I'm much, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to picture like if if Arnold is an inspiration for the creation of Stewie from Family Guy because of the football head thing. <laughs> maybe, possibly, maybe maybe it was a coincidence. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's something to think about. Um, I'd be intrigued to see a, a live action Hey Arnold movie. No, with no. a. With, with not even CG, just have somebody with like a with like an actual prop football head. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Why you don't? Oh, I'm giving Hollywood some terrible ideas. Awful ideas. Yes. Oh man, I would like to see that actually. Just, of course you would. I mean, directed by M Night Shyamalan. Well, actually, no, M Night Shyamalan. He he's been he's been on he's been on an upswing he, with the visit and split. All right, he's not doing whack movies. He's moving away from that. So. So like I'll, I'll I'll give him that, uh, but yeah, um, for for you nostalgia fans out there, there it is, more Hey Arnold content for y'all, and uh, another headline here from Comic Con, uh, st- uh, uh, the weekend, the weekend has an has a comic book series coming out called Starboy. Yes, I posted the cover on our Instagram and it's on our on our social media sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, cover looks cover looks, it looks awesome. Very good. Um, yeah. Who did the artwork? Uh, I okay, I didn't see. It. Yeah. Um. So apparently, from what I understand, Starboy is this uh, persona of the weekends. Um. It's like a. Uh, I think that was his, also the, t- the title of his last album, right? Yeah. His okay. most recent album. Yep. So good um, album too. Okay. Is he still singing about cocaine and drugs? Mm. A little more mainstream, so he's more lighter about lighter about it. All right. I don't know, man, because I, because I don't know. I mean, I guess that's one reason why I, I still prefer mixtape. I still prefer mixtape weekend over a mainstream weekend. Mm. But he has he has his fair share of good songs on it. Yeah, I mean, he's a good artist. I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, but all the songs, it's like. But then I'm, again, but then again, like, who who doesn't sing? Who didn't sing about drugs? Well, okay, but but that's every every one of his songs though on his albums is all always a veiled reference to some kind of like particularly cocaine. A lot of artists have sung about drugs. Yes, but I'm talking about the weekend, like every single one of his songs. There's been plenty of artists where all their songs were about drugs. So? So he ain't doing nothing different. Like like who? Like who, who like I don't know. I don't Rick know. Jim. Why are you saying Will Smith? I don't 
Will Smith, what about him? He, apparently, he's saying that his song his songs were all about drugs. Now that sounds like some no. some weird fan theory nonsense. Um, okay, Mary Jane by okay. Rick James. Yep, it's basically about weed. Mm-hmm. Um, Three Six Mafia Scissor was basically about. Of course, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot, yeah. There was a lot of artists. Jay-Z sold drugs in and artists. Yep. Young Doug song. Oh god. Alright, so Wild Man Congo's on. Mm-hmm. He had to say what? go pack go. Yeah. Hey. Y'all beat us. Okay. Oh, is uh Mike. The, Packer, uh... the Packers beat beat the Cowboys oh. this Sunday. So oh. and he's a Packers fan, so Okay. Let's hey. See. Congratulations. Yeah. But, any, but anyway, back to it. Yeah, there's a listen. Young Doug is basically Young Doug, Chief Keep, all those mumble rappers are basically singing about being on drugs. All right. Um, okay. Now that you mentioned, I think they are on drugs when they sing this. That's 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 probably without question. But I will say this: a word about mumble rappers. Uh-oh. Mumble rappers are not real rappers. All right. When you rap, you're supposed to enunciate and articulate your words. You're supposed to have actual lyrics. Okay? So so mumble rapper makes no sense. You're just you're just making noises over a beat. Mumble rappers are not real rappers. Alright? I can't believe mumble rap is a genre. What do you think about this, Carl? Kyle says me and Vic agree on something. <laughs> yes. Wait, so he said me and Vic agree on something? <laughs> yeah. Wow. We have broken new ground tonight. <laughs> but yeah, man. I this whole mumble rap thing, I don't understand it. Yeah, it's I'm like, not I'm not a fan of it either. But like you're I, you're literally just being mush mouthed on the mic. You're you're not saying any words. When I don't when you're rapping, we take for granted that we take for granted that you're supposed to be good at rapping. You're supposed to enunciate your words. You're supposed to have something of substance to say on the microphone. This whole mumble rap thing. You know, you, know, you might say, "Oh, Victor, you're just an old head. You're just an old man." Nah, son. No. No. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir right now. Yes. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I can't wait for you to read that. Finally, read it. <laughs> Victor does read like all the. He he goes back and reads the comments after the show. I do, yeah. So I, I just wanted to get my uh, my that off my chest right right there. Why didn't you say that last week when when Sparkle was on the show talking about it? Well, you know we didn't. Well, I, I brought it up. I know, but like we were we were we had a bunch of like awesome topics that we were talking about talking about at the time. I didn't want to drag it down by talking about whack ass mumble rappers. So okay. so there it is. I, yeah, I don't mess with, I don't mess with the mumble rappers either. You know, yeah. they're more for like the nineteen, twenty year olds. Well, you nineteen you nineteen twenty year olds out there, y'all doing yourself a real disservice. <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't know. And it, 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 ain't, it ain't just old man Vic talking, man. Just think about it. But yeah, uh Starboy. Um hey, I'll I'll check it out, see what it's about. Sounds like a little science fiction thing theme going on there. Uh Pretty much it on the docket. Pretty much it. Oh, 
One Wait. one one more thing about Comic Con. You said that there's a new Star Wars trailer. Yes, the Star Wars trailer dropped yesterday. Um, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you because you refuse to watch it. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I refuse to watch it because, um, well, first I, I think trailers give away a lot. Uh, some do, some don't. And um, from what I understand, even Ryan Johnson, the director of Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, even came out on Twitter and said that he recommends that fans wait until the movie comes out because he did express concerns that the trailer did give away too much. Well, I didn't. I as I watched the trailer, I didn't think too much into it, so I was like, enjo- but um, so I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really thinking too much into it. I was just watching and be like, wow, this is a really good trailer. Mm. Like I'm really enjoying this. You know, they so, I had a little. Um, is it sacrilegious to say I'm not a Star Wars fan? That's that's from Kyle. No, no, it's not. No, it's not because I'm not really a Star Wars fan. Mm. But with this trailer, I am looking. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm not actually just saying. I'm not gonna just watch it just to for the sake of the show, like I did for the last movie. Mm. But um, I can honestly say I am looking forward to this. That's what's up. I am looking forward to it. Um, uh, I don't know, because I'm seeing. I'm not really a fan. I can't really like say you know. I am not to mention. I don't really want to spoil anything. Yeah. I really do think you. I don't see no problem with it. I say just watch it anyways. All right. Well, I'll. I'll I all kind of predicted that this one's gonna be just like The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be a a, a carbon copy of that of the Empire. Because I think I honestly think the um, the Force Awakens is a carbon copy of A New Hope. It, it, plot wise, yeah, it is. So I can literally I can pretty much see this repeating history, but it still does look good. I think. Um, you can say, okay, there's going to be some new characters introduced. Okay. And I see, you can kind of see that John, Boye- John Boyega's character, Finn, is actually... Finn, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's... His character kind of steps up a lot. A lot of the characters actually steps up a lot. All the new characters. Yeah. And, um... Um... Watch it. All right. I'll peep the full video later. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Take care, brother. All right, man. So yeah, check it check it out anyways. All right, all right. I'll I'll I'll, I'll we'll see we'll see. And um, not to mention you, there's probably still gonna be. There's been times where I watched the, like for instance the movie Neighbors. Yeah. Where okay the the airbag scene. Mm-hmm. They completely they showed it in the trailer. Yeah. Thought it was hilarious. I watched it in the movie. Still hilarious. It is actually even more hilarious. Like I laughed, we laughed so hard. That wasn't we watched. Scene. Oh yeah. yeah, even in part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think like you can still see the trip. Just... It just like I said, just like I said earlier, Eddie says after seeing the trailer, I got the same feeling that is the Empire Strike Back Strikes Back's rehash. Mm. I have a feeling it's gonna be, but I think it's still gonna have like its different twists and turns mm. with these new generation of characters. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we we shall see. We shall see. Uh, December fifteenth, I will be there. Is the countdown starting? No, nah. no. Nah, countdown. The countdown is not starting. I'm just waiting until December fifteenth. I'll be there. I'll have my ticket ready. You know. You're gonna take a nice little picture in front of all your Star Wars me- merchandise, uh, like you did for the last one. 
Nah, nah. I'll 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 just, I'll just quietly show up to the theater. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yep. So yeah, that's all the uh, Comic Con, New York Comic Con highlights uh, this weekend. Uh, send us your thoughts. So what is your favorite uh, Comic Con highlight from New York? Email the show at Codex Prime Podcast well, at even if you, yeah. dot com. Sorry, yeah. and even if you was there, like for instance, our email right here, friend of the show uh, from the Party Nerds, Ed. Yeah, Ed was there, so he says, um, attended four days of Comic Con. Over 200K people seen throughout the, throughout those days. Control chaos each time, but an excellent feeling. Show floor and artist alley were, camped, were cramped, but smooth to get around. If, it, if one of your goals is panels, then oh boy, it was hard to get into, get into one you actually liked. Hmm. Lines lasted forever, and even if you were in line, it did not guarantee you entry. Happened for me with the Mortal Kombat panel. Only the first 400 admitted. Wow. Overall, outside of that experience, Comic-Con is a bucket list goal for all nerdy fans. The amount of experience you can have outweighs any hurdles you may have to encounter. Okay, nice. Thank you, Thank you for that email. Um, yeah. yeah, nice report there. Uh, oh, it's not my, we'll be there next year. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually, yo, our goal next year is hitting all the regional Comic-Cons. Yep. Boston, New York, and definitely Rhode Island. Rhode Island, which will be, we will be there oh, yes. in attendance this year. Yep. And Same thing that we did last year, highlighting our co- favorite cosplayers, mm-hmm. um, checking out some panels. We just get into it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's going to be even more people uh, this year. The attendance just like increases every year. Yeah. The show, yeah, like the show just gets better and better and better. Shout out to Mr. Michael Jim Francesco. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show who um who is on the uh committee yep. for Rhode Island Comic Con. He's been there for like the past few years, I think since the beginning. Oh wow. Okay. So moving on to the to uh question of the week. Mm. Uh, the beginning. Right. Yep, okay, here we got one just in time. A new answer just in time. So um last week's question of the week was who was the most difficult final boss you have ever faced? Okay, friend of the show, Bunny Mike Game, you said, she, right about now with Destiny 2, Levi- the Leviathan raid. <laughs> and our resident supervillain, John Aponic, said, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII because I was vastly under the level requirement. Mm. All right, and then on our Facebook, Nick Quatrini says... <clears throat> Resident Evil 6 had a pretty hard boss. I was sort of upgraded, but I think you had to keep replaying to fully upgrade before before the end. And this boss was very fast and took lots of damage. Deus Ex, he wasn't really a final boss, but he was a boss. And there were, there were so many things you had to do to beat him. I died 12 times before learning I needed to... I needed EMP, um, EMP grenades. Then if you can throw them... Then if you throw them wrong, you messed up and you can't stun or weaken the soldier. Everything kind of had to be right timing. I think it took took about an hour or two just for him. Wow. So this week's question of the week. Well, I have them like all <laughs> organized on my phone. All right. Let's, let's hear this new question of the week dealio is. What did you just say, Dealio? What? Dealio. 
What was your favorite death scene in a movie? Hmm. Favorite death scene. Man. I got to really think about this yeah, one. You have a lot. What's that supposed to mean? But <laughs> you already know what I'm going to say. Uh, favorite death scene. Well, I'm going to have to really sit and think about this for a few mo- few minutes. So that means I have to go first? Yeah. All right. I would say Cleo from Set It Off. Mm, that was Queen Latifah's Queen Latifah's character. character. Yeah, she went out like a G. She did. She really did. Soft R&B background. Okay, Eddie says Logan was was Logan. That was emotional. Yes. It was. But, you know, she just like, like she knew she was going. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, she lights up the cigarette, dries off. They're shooting at her, shooting at her. She's taking all the shots. She gets up, still had a few rounds in her, and just starts shooting, shooting, taking shots all the way. Cigarette still in mouth. And while Jada Pickett's character was on the bus, just watching the whole thing mm. as she like got away from it all. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was uh, leaving with um, Blair Underwood. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, will, I will say that, yeah, I agree. Logan was very emotional. In fact, I remember watching Logan in the theater and there was some dude like sitting behind me and he was sniffling. He was like, <laughs> you sure it wasn't you? It was not me. It was not me. I had a lump in my throat, but I was not sniffling. I was like, I had, I felt it, but I didn't cry. Okay. Another one, Ricky from Boys in the Hood. Ah, oh, yeah, that was hard. It was hard to take, but I was like. And in Scarface, too, like, he was still talking shit while taking all those shots. Oh, yeah, because he was hopped yeah. up on so much coke. Yeah, he's like, come on, take that. I'm still saying it until that final shot. Bam. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that did. Yeah. 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 He went out like a G. He really did. He took a lot of people with him. Uh, Man, a f- I-, I can't really think of a favorite death uh, in-, in, a- in a film. But, if- okay, if I-, if, I- if I had to really think of one... All right, this is going back to uh, the first Blade Runner film. Okay. With uh, Rutger Hauer's character, Roy Batty, who's like the main antagonist. And he, his death was memorable because of that tears in the rain monologue he said to Harrison Ford. When he could have, he could have let Harrison Ford like drop, like fall to his death, but he saved him anyway. And then just before Roy Batty dies, he just says, you know, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. All these moments... Lost forever in time, like tears in rain. Time to die. And then he just, his body just shuts down. And he was holding his white dove, and this white dove just flies out of his hand. And that's when Harrison Ford just looks at him. It's like, man, wow, I understand you, man. You tried to kill me, but I understand you. That was kind of deep. Okay. Another good one was Leon from Leon the Professional. Oh, yes. When Leon dies at the end, like, this is for Matilda. And then, boom. Oh yeah, yep. That was he that was going out with a bang, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um oh also another good death, Kane. No was it Kane? Yeah, Kane from Menace of Society. Society. Yeah. That ending though was <laughs> that ending was so depressing. Like he was this close to getting a happy ending to leaving the hood. Yeah. Nah. Just took him under. O Dog should have died, but <laughs> Man, but yo, he got caught up in the game. Um, of course, Mufasa. 
that, that's what, that's what I'm going to say that was my favorite. That one hurt. That movie, that, that just hurt my feelings. You know, when I watched it, I actually laughed. Because you're a sick fuck. I'm not a sick fuck. I mean, listen, like... like I would do laugh. Why is somebody going through trauma? Well, no. Here's the thing. It's because like I was watching it with uh, with a, with a couple of the friends of mine, like this when I was a kid, and there was this. Yeah, you were a sick fuck as a kid. No, and there was this. There was this girl. This 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 little girl who was crying. She was like literally tears were coming out of her eyes when Mufasa died, and I was just I was just hollering. I was just dying laughing because she was crying at Mufasa dying. I don't know why that was funny to me at the time. Because you're a sick fuck. I'm not a sick fuck. Listen, like when you're a kid, kids are. And you're a sick fuck too, because you say you laughed. <laughs> I mean, listen, look. When you're a kid, kid, kids are assholes. All right. When I when Correct. I was when I was a kid, I was rude as shit, and I was rude as shit back in those days. All right. I could. I believe it. Yeah. So back then, you know, I was like. <laughs> and now look at you crying over Creed. Listen, how can you not cry over Creed? I watched that movie just fine. Listen, when no S- tears, just wh- chilling. When Sylvester enjoying the movie. When Sylvester Stallone, when he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm-hmm. and then he had that 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 heart to heart with 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 uh with uh, with a with young Creed, Adonis Creed, Adonis, yeah, yeah, and then Rocky Balboa, he was bearing his heart and soul, showing his vulnerability. It was like, man, we knew Rocky Balboa; he was the man back in the day, but now he's this he's this old man, okay, who, who's on his last legs, and he's talking about all the stuff that he lost. You lying asshole! Okay, now you're being dramatic. So, sorry, it's, it's yeah, just okay. Anyways, just leave it. Just leave your comments. So that that mean will be um, on our social medias within a day or two. And um, yeah, you got your stuff together. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yes. Tell where you can find us. Yes, uh, you can find all of our episodes obviously on Facebook Live as well as SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can catch us on social media via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Twitch. And Twitch, yes. Yeah, we do not use that at all. That we need to start using. Yeah, we got to start using it, you know. Um, but, but uh, yeah. Also, of course, there's also email, codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, that's pretty much our episode this week. Uh, once again, we thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you for your uh, support. And uh, tune in next week. We will be on episode 94. I thought this was, damn. Yeah. We really pushing 100. We're trying to do, we're trying to work up something special for 100, guys. Yes. Um, yeah, we have some ideas brewing for episode 100. Um, we all, all will be revealed in due time. Uh, the road to episode 100 continues. Um, I think it, the last Tuesday of November, I think that's the 20, I want to say the 27th or the 28th. That's gonna be our one hundredth episode. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, man, we're we're doing big things, man. So uh, once again, thank you for watching. Uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later. <laughs>